Single parenting isn't easy. We understand. Most parents don't plan to go it alone, but you can still make the most of this journey for your children and yourself. In fact, if you and your family are on that journey, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Single Parent Advocate community and to our podcast. And here are your hosts, single parent founder, Stacey Poitras, broadcast journalist, single dad and friend, Daryl Moody. Hello there, wherever you are. Thank you for joining us. This is the Single Parent Advocate Podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Moody, joining you from my home studios here in Orlando. Uh, Stacy, the Single Parent Advocate, the brain trust behind the show. Hey, everybody. Inspiration for the show. She is in the uh, SPA studios in Dallas. They're the Venture X Louisville, the Realm at Castle Hills. Thank you to those fine folks there. We've got a special guest for you this week. His name's Greg Wheeler. Uh, he is a conscious uncoupling coach. We're going to get into that a little bit later. He's also an integrated energy therapist and an author in a previous life. He was an electrical engineer. He even teaches yoga, but most importantly, he is a single parent of four, and that's why he's joining us today. But Stacy, Hi, everyone. Hi, Greg. Uh, Stacy, let's talk about back to school, backpacks, Huge event this past weekend. You helped a lot of folks, a lot of families get ready for school. Tell us about it. So we really had a great event. Uh, we are hosted this year by Matthew Six Ministries and a church in the in the North Dallas area called Faith for Life Church. We did about almost 300 backpacks for 250 of our own single parent children, and then also a couple of ministry partners that we support alongside uh, everybody. So it's, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. I was telling you earlier, I got guns from all that backpack slinging now, you know. So do all the volunteers. We're hugely grateful for everybody that lent a hand, and uh, we'll be getting some social posts out so everybody can kind of see what went on for back to school. Back to school's kind of early this year. So uh, we're losing our own intern. Katie B is moving on. She's going back to school in Oklahoma. I'm just going to hate seeing her go, but hasn't she been a lot of fun to work with? And And she's uh, done a great job from what I've seen, just on the social media stuff that I get to see. Yeah. So, hey, you know what? Uh, We need to give our students a chance. And, you know, sometimes we get we get really more on our end than than they do. (laughs) I think it's a good a good thing to always have uh, student opportunities so that I like that to be a part of uh, back to school for single parent advocate in the summertime is giving our students a chance for internships and things like that. So this year we had four interns they are all headed back to school. And uh, it's just me and you now again, Daryl. What are we going to do? Uh, you're going to order me around again like you like you did before you got all the interns. <laughs> there we so, go. <laughs> so, so let's talk logistics here. 250, 300 different backpacks. How many volunteers? I mean, what kind of Herculean effort did it take to make that happen? You know, it's really interesting. Um, so we have, I mean, this is true. We have one woman who is like, the shopper of the century. She goes out and finds all the great deals, gets all the supplies gathered, and brings them in to be sorted. We have another person who is the marketing uh, chair, and she goes and surveys all the families, makes sure we have all the stuff that 
the kids need and really also uh, we always ask the parents you know do they what is their biggest need and so we have a lot of families asking for clothing computers and um, shoes so we're going to be now taking this back to school survey if you will once we give everybody their backpacks we're going to see if we can go out there in uh, corporate and find out if we can get a donor for back to school computers we might not hit it right on the mark, you know, but we know we have the feedback from the families and we know which kids these computers will go to. So I'm hoping we'll get somebody come alongside us and and get that need met. And then um, right after that, you know, marketing goes out, families register, and then we have uh, to bring all the school supplies into an area where we can sort them and put them in the backpacks themselves. Mm -hmm. So we worked, two weekends in a row, one weekend to load all the things in there and kind of pre-stage them. And then this last weekend we worked uh, to sort it all, get it all into the backpacks and get everybody's information all put together. And then next weekend uh, we'll go and we'll distribute it. So it's like a basic, from July 4th to August 4th, that whole month is shopping, signing people up, sorting, and getting it to distribute. So uh, Herculean it is for our small team here locally. We have a team of about 10 or 12 of us that really lean in and do that. But what I'm really grateful for this year is Matthew Six Ministries. They have um, trucks and men with muscles. And so they're gonna be moving all this back and forth from the church for us and then to storage. And so that's huge. That's absolutely huge. Because you should have seen the original five of us, five women and these big boxes of back to school supplies. (laughs) Bags hanging on every arm, I'm sure. Don't you ever cross a single mama. I guarantee you she can handle it. (laughs) It was crazy. It was nuts. Um, But, yeah, really, really, thanks for asking. Of course, of course. So let's get right to our guest this week, uh, Greg Wheeler. Greg, uh, I actually found you from one of the single parent groups that I follow on Facebook. You were actually giving a webinar, and I said, well, this guy looks interesting. So I looked at your website, gregwheelercoaching.com. Uh, and and I and I, I started digging into some of the stuff that you teach, and I, I said I got to I got to get this guy on the show. So uh, tell us a little bit about your story. Let's start first. Single parent of four. How did you end up raising four kids on your own? Well, Daryl and Stacy, it's awesome to be here. So thanks for the invite. Uh, so sometimes you just kind of got to do what you got to do, right? So 24 years ago. Where with a war of the roses kind of divorce, I wound up being in New Jersey and I was didn't have any family in New Jersey. And my former partner moved a thousand miles away. She went home to her hometown where she had a job as a teacher. And so the agreement that we had was is that when the kids turned 12, once a year they could choose where they wanted to live. So basically, when the kids turned 12, they chose to come home and live with me. And so starting with seventh grade and being a full-time engineer, I had a master's in electrical and computer engineering. I was in research and development. So everything that a single mom did, I was a Mr. Mom. 
And uh, it was tough because there's not the support organization for single dads that there is for single moms. It's, uh, it's a lot less common in some ways. So <clears throat> make a long story short, uh, I went through bankruptcy as a result of the divorce. I really accelerated my career to pay for all the bills and get the kids into college and do all that good stuff. And about four or five years ago, I was burnt out on corporate America. I'd been VP in two companies, I had six patents under my belt. And I said, I wanna help people. It's gotta be an easier way to help people prepare and deal with being a single parent and getting through divorce. So I took eight landmark courses. I became a certified Kundalini yoga teacher. I took integrated energy therapy practitioner, master level. And I found Catherine Woodward Thomas and I became a certified conscious uncoupling and calling in the one coach. And in the process, I wrote a book called Single Dad Essentials, the 12 most important things single dads need to know. And it's really for single parents, but because I'm a single dad and it's my story, it uses dads as <laughs> the pronoun, but it could be for anybody, any single parent. Oh, for sure. I mean, and, and anybody who's a single parent knows, as you pointed out, you're, you're Mr. Mom or you're Mrs. Miss Dad, or, you know, you're filling both roles. Stacey, you know that as well. It's, yep. it's you're, you're wearing a lot of hats as a single parent. Uh, let's talk about conscious uncoupling because you know, when you and I were talking offline and you had mentioned that to me, I did a double take, like what in the heck is conscious uncoupling? And it's just a fascinating thing. Stacy, you had pretty much the same reaction. We talked about it offline. So, so talk to me about conscious uncoupling. What in the heck is it? And how can that help us be more effective single parents? Absolutely. So Catherine Woodward Thomas wrote the book, Conscious Uncoupling, Five Steps to Living Happily Even After. And Gwyneth Paltrow made it famous because she was one of the first movie stars who went public with the term. And so it started generating a lot of interest about 20 years ago. Catherine has since developed a whole organization to certify coaches. So what it is, it's the idea that life didn't just happen to us. We had a big part in co-creating the life that we experienced. So inside of the conscious uncoupling process, which is about owning and understanding your perspective and how you showed up that you co-created the situation that you're living through, it opens you up to naming a false identity, a false belief, a pattern about who you are, what others are and what life is. Once you name it, you can face it, embrace it, and replace it. And when you replace it, you're at choice. You're no longer locked inside of that false belief system that you've been living for your whole life. And when you do that, you then show up as your true self outside of those preconceived ideas, the way of looking at life, the rose-colored glasses of who you are that you've been seeing and living all your life, and so that's where the conscious part comes from. You become conscious of your contribution and your patterns and how you co-created it. And that allows for healing, that allows for greater understanding, and it opens the door for co-parenting. So one of the reasons that I'm so excited about conscious uncoupling 
It's because you can do the work as you go through the divorce process to heal some of the wounds and the hurts that you've created so you can create a working relationship, which is in each of your best interests, but most importantly, when there are children, it's for the children's best interests that you create a healthy, working, co-parenting relationship. And how long did you spend in the temple with the Tibetan monks to get that? (laughs) Well, Catherine was- Was that two years? I feel like that's gotta be at least two years. (laughs) Yeah, well, between the um, landmark courses and the Kundalini yoga training, Kundalini yoga training is a year. That's where I kind of had to let go of my ego in a way and really learn to center and meditate and ground myself. And then Catherine's work is a seven month coaches certification program. And it's really in depth. And of course I did it on myself, you know, in terms of learning this process and this technique, cause there is a process to it. I was able to heal myself. And you know, one of the amazing byproducts of that was before I did this work, my former wife and I, we barely talked to each other. We couldn't be on this. She was bitter. She divorced me, but she was bitter. And we, we had a difficult conversation, even talking about vacations for the kids and get togethers and everything. It was challenging. But I have to tell you that since I did this work about four and a half, five years ago, we have spent the last three kiss, Christmases together, the four children and my former wife cooking, living in the same small home. And it's been wonderful. Because as I healed myself, I was able to heal the energy in the family and let go of the old patterns and the old preconceived ideas and the old prejudices that I had, which opened up the door for healing for everybody. I was wondering, you know, could you talk a little bit deeper, not not necessarily to focus on the negative, but I know a lot of our listeners, including me, you know, what are the types of false personas and things that uh, you were able to maybe uh, clean out of your own life just to be able to shed some light on exactly what what these uh things are like I will I'll throw one out there you know for me the thing that I've had to really work on is codependency my, I was raised in a home my mom was uh, uh, she was an addict and there was just a lot of negative family dynamics and so for me my thing I have to get past is you know feeling inadequate and always having to fix things and please people Is there a way that you could kind of tune us in a little bit for what you've seen either in your own life or possibly in others' lives you've worked with where you've uncovered and really improved these uh, aspects of ourselves so that we could do something like that? Absolutely. Um, So inside of the work, there are, Catherine has named 22 different types of, for lack of a better term, we call them false beliefs or source fracture wounds that we learned as children. You're right, because most of that learning is unconscious. It's automatic between the ages of zero and seven and eight. And so we create this false story and the false stories are like, I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. 
I'm unworthy. I don't belong. I don't matter. And there's a number of these. And so through the work, we're able to identify the, the negative patterns where you're being limited in achieving happiness in your life. And those are the clues that you then follow back to actually name that false belief. And once you name it, then you can see that it's a story. So there's, a, there's kind of a spiritual underpinning to this work that you were born perfect. You're a gift from God. And then life happened to you. And in life happening to you, you created this story to help you survive in that family environment that you grew up in. For me, my father was a fully functional, amazing provider, but he was a fully functional alcoholic. Uh, at night, he was, uh, you know, he took care of all the things he was supposed to, but you did not want to get in a conversation with him after 8 or 8.30 at night because you'd get verbally abused. So my story was that I wasn't good enough. And it showed up in my whole life. I took the hardest jobs. I went to the hardest school. I took on the, with, worked with the hardest bosses. And when it showed up in my love life, I worked with women. I fell in love with these amazing women who wanted help so that I could be helpful. I could be a knight in shining armor and feel validated and appreciated from outside of myself because I didn't have a healthy, well-balanced love of myself, of my own self, my own. I was dependent. You said codependency earlier. That codependency comes from giving to get that kind of outside validation. So part of the healing that takes place during the Conscious Uncoupling program is to identify what you're not giving yourself. Where is your self-love falling down? And so in the act of naming the false story, you can see that that's just a story. So then you can open up to being your true self and acknowledging your feelings, your wants, your desires, and your needs. And as you start to address those, you start to learn to really love yourself just the way you are. And that's where magic and transformation happens because you start loving yourself. And when you give yourself love, you now have love to give away. You're not giving to get anymore. You're giving because it feels good to give. It feels good to love. There aren't strings and expectations and, and attachments to what you're giving to get. It's pretty magical because when you get to that place, you can forgive yourself and you can forgive others. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, awareness creates uh, empathy um, for yourself, for your kids and for the people around you. You know, the more we learn and the more we grow, I've noticed the better we um, understand you know I, I i'll say for me I, you know i get to work with a lot of volunteers and a lot of families there's such a privilege 
And um, the more I learn about myself and all the different parts of, of me that some of them may be, you know, works in progress and some of them may be, uh, you know, just fine, you know, and, and others, I might be a superhero. Like my friends will tell you, I'm like very resourceful, you know? And so that's one of my superhero powers. But, uh, you know, there's other parts of me that, you know, like overscheduling and why do I overschedule and things like that, that, you know, I really need to uh, always be looking for improvement in myself, you know, but like you're saying, when I learn to love me as I am, warts and all, I also love others and their warts better too, you know, it's like you become yes. so much more patient with yourself, but also you're patient with other people and are able to share, and then this, to me, it spills to your children too, and most importantly, you know, in my book, I don't know uh, if you I mean, how how have you seen this play out in a difficult parent-child relationship or scenario? So you touched on a number of really beautiful and important topics just then. They're really important, and um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna step out, and then I'm gonna come back in. So stepping out, you're great great-grandparents taught your grandparents what love and what relationships look like. Your grandparents taught your parents what love and relationships look like. And then you learned initially what love and relationships look like from your parents. And in the healing of yourself now, you're able to demonstrate a different way of showing up in relationships and a different way of having love. And so in today's world, when you, you nailed it on the head, when you get aware and you become conscious, you're then open to compassion and empathy that you didn't know was available to you. You didn't even know that it was there because you'd never seen it from your parents before. And so now you have the opportunity and choice to show up in life with your children and those you love, maybe a new partner, maybe friends, maybe family members, with greater love and compassion and empathy, which then takes those relationships to a whole new level. And it allows for healing. So I'm gonna jump in here, cause this is some really heavy stuff. <laughs> I knew it, here it is. I just wanna make sure I understand correctly. So, so the environment that we were brought up in, we see ourselves as, as having a role. And we, we grow up with that mentality and we believe that we, are, we, we have this role to serve in every relationship throughout our life. And then we meet somebody. And what you're saying is that that story that we've been telling ourselves over and over and over again, that basically becomes who you are in that relationship. Yes. Okay. How in the hell do you unlearn that? So you learn, you become conscious and aware that it's a story. You need to identify the pattern. So my pattern was I was over giving to get. I wasn't giving just to give love. It felt like I was giving to give love. But I was really giving to get love. So it took me to understand the pattern of how I was showing up in that relationship. And I could see that that's the pattern that I learned to survive in my family. 
So, so in your case, sorry to interrupt. So, so in your case, you sought that approval by rescuing women. No, by by being an overdoer. I mean, I got great grades. Right, right, but I, but, I, but I'm talking about in, in in the context of your marriage. Like, I get yes, that. Yes. I get the wanting to wanting to achieve, wanting to succeed. I get all that. But but in the in the dynamics of a one on one relationship, that's where I'm yes. going with this. Okay. Yes. You guys got to yes. slow down. You got to slow this stuff down for me. I haven't had nearly enough there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're absolutely right. So I showed up as giving to get and then expecting to be treated with love, admiration and value. When what I was training my partner to do is to always expect me to just give and give and give. I wasn't asking, I wasn't setting boundaries to be treated as an equal to be equally loved and given to in return. Okay, I, I think I finally understand. Now, how does that translate out to spending a week with your ex-wife in a house during the holidays? How, you know, how, how have the dynamics of your relationship with her changed, you know, now that you've gone through all this and I'm sure she's gone through something on her own, you know, what's different now, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. So I don't have to get anything anymore. I can just give, I can show up as me and help cook dinner and be with my kids and just swap stories about where my kids came from and what it was like when they were little and just really enjoy the time and not have to be frustrated or hurt. That, that's what I was going to say because you know, when you don't get that affirmation that you're looking for, that's where the, that's where the resentment comes in. And that's normally, yeah, that's normally where you'd get triggered and that's normally where you'd get disappointed. But because I'm not attached to getting that from her anymore and I'm not attached to getting it from my children, I can allow, no, I can allow them to be them and I can just appreciate who they are. She's an amazing cook. She plays the violin. She's a great mom for the kids. I can appreciate each of my kids. We don't hardly agree on a whole lot of stuff, but they're amazing young adults. I mean, my oldest is 35, my youngest is 30, and they're each unique and amazing. And I don't have to be getting valued or appreciated or loved by them to feel like I'm a good dad or to feel like I'm a good person. I can just be me and enjoy who they are. So it takes the pressure off, which allows the healing and allows there to be fun and joy and happiness. Does that make sense? I think uh, it does. I think for me, um, to like, are you saying that when you were together before you had all this training that even though your family loved you, they didn't love you enough? Was there like a hole in the bottom of the glass or something like or how how could you have not felt loved okay so so gary chapman wrote a book called the five love languages which probably you've heard of mm -hmm. and in the book he describes this concept of a love tank and so the love tank is our feeling of being loved and so we either have the ability to put love in there ourselves or if we're constantly giving love away, we empty the tank out and then we're dependent upon other people to put love in the tank so we can feel loved. And so, yes, my love tank was empty for a large part of the period. I mean, 
if you can imagine being single dad with four kids, I was giving and giving and giving. I was soccer mom. I was going to grade school. I was doing after prom stuff, you name it. And I was a soccer coach for eight years as each of the kids went through the program. So I was giving and giving and giving and kids will take and take and take. Kids are normally naturally open to receiving everything that you have to give and then they'll ask for more. And so where's the you in that? Where are you getting loved, appreciated and valued unless you're doing it for yourself? So that's one of the key things in my book. There's a, there's a general premise of always do what's best for the kids because that's what's best for you. But then the primary corollary underneath that is, is you have to do what's best for you. Otherwise, you can't do what's best for your children. There it is. Thank you. I was going to make a joke about having your chakra aligned, but <laughs> yeah, well, these are these are these are emotional topics. I, I you know I appreciate we want to keep it light and everything, but these are people who's ever as a single parent or going through a divorce. These are things that people are really in emotional crisis over. Well, I think it's I, really I hard remember, to s- oh, sorry, excuse me. I, I, I was just going to say that I can remember going to the therapist for the first time when I was a single dad and I sat in the jaw and the chair and she said to me, Oh my God, you're the single dad of four kids. It must be so hard. And I just burst out into tears. I just unloaded. I cried for 10 minutes because somebody recognized how hard it was to be a single parent and to be a single dad with four kids. And nobody had nobody had asked. So anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh, that's off. why that's why we wanted to meet you and let uh, everybody meet you. Um, you know, sometimes it's really hard to slow down enough to really um, wrap our heads around where we are getting in our own way. And, it, and it's often easy, I think, to play the blame game. You know, we can blame our parents. We can blame outside forces. We can blame our kids. We can blame, you know, pets, whoever we want to blame. But I think at the end of the day, um, I've learned for myself, I, I can't speak for anybody else but the girl in the chair here, is I've had to, in my life, take a hard look at patterns you know that I have had and you know I would say probably at three different times in uh, my life you know one time when my son was like one two or three you know I went through a, a program similar to this where you you unearth who you haven't forgiven and you know you find out what the uh the monster in your life is and then you name it and then you create a contract with yourself of being your ideal person you know and um i think um those programs are so valuable because they're designed to pull you away and have you focus on 
maybe not a higher level stuff, but a, a lower, deeper, internal level thing that um, once that uh, once that box is unlocked, I love what you said earlier. It really changes the lens through which you see and experience life. And um, I just can't, I would love to go through your program. <laughs> I, I think, uh, you know, it's so important and yoga is so healthy, you know, for us and being centered and aware and get our breath and balance inside and out, you know, how uh, to be mentally aware and present for ourselves and then for our kids. Anyway, I'm rambling. I know we're here to listen to you, but I just can't affirm you more. <laughs> it's you. it's really good to hear what all you've been through in a little more detail, you know. Daryl, what do you think? You ready to do the program? Uh, where do I buy the tapes? <laughs> <laughs> it's one-on-one -on -one coaching. So, well, um, no, I, I, I mean, I was going to say, I see my shrink tomorrow. So, I mean, you know, I'm still rowing the boat and I'm sure we'll spend half the time talking about my mom and my need for her approval. So, so, you know. so let me talk about that. There's two things I want to touch base on. One is, is that, so the conscious uncoupling work, I want to try and get couples before they go through divorce, because I've actually had couples because Stacy, what you were alluding to is changing the lens, but literally when you do this program, honestly or authentically, you transform yourself. You create a new identity. You're a different person because you're looking at things so differently on the other side of doing the work. So it's also a very powerful program after your divorce because you can consciously uncouple from those negative patterns because so many remarriage, so many second marriages fail because they repeat the pattern. They haven't done the work to capture the learning from what they could have captured if they looked at the patterns of how they co-created and taken responsibility for their part in co-creating and then learning from it. That's how we learn how to ride a bicycle. We fall down, we get scratches, we hurt, and we learn not to do that. And then we do it differently the next time and we get better. And so this program is formal about that. But so even conscious uncoupling, even after your divorce, is a powerful way to uncouple from the negative stories and the negative patterns of the past. Um, and the other thing is, is that coaching is different than therapy and psychotherapy. Coaching is very forward looking. When you go to the gym and you hire a gym coach, you have an intention. I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to get good guns. You know, you, you, you have an, an intention of why you want to do the work. And so that's where I work. People come in there in crisis, they come hurting, and we agree on an intention in terms of why they want to do the program. So there's some looking back to identify the patterns and the healing and to create an opportunity for the new identity to show up. But then it's going forward. Then there's an amends to be made. You talked about a commitment to doing things differently going forward. Number one, you have to acknowledge what you did so you can forgive yourself for doing it. And then you commit to doing something different going forward so you don't do it to yourself or anyone else again. So that's where you capture the learning. And so that's a powerful aspect. So you forgive yourself, you forgive others, 
And then you look at the old agreements, the old ways you were showing up and you say, well, I'm not going to do that one anymore. I'm not going to do that one. I'm going to keep this one because our false identity taught us a lot. I'm really good at a lot of things. I can tell you how your cell phone, your microwave, all the communication patterns, your TV works. I can tell you technically pretty much how anything in your home works because I got really good at it because I had to prove that I was good enough. So that's the benefit of my false story that I worked really hard, too hard, but I worked really hard to learn a lot to be good at stuff. And so now I have that in my repertoire when I work with other people that I can then share that. And that's part of my gift when I give and work with other people. Stacey, you talk about it all the time, all the time, your give, what's your gift? Exactly. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, so if, folks, if folks want to, to, to dive into this, you've got much more at gregwheelercoaching.com. Uh, I know we joked about being, there's some tapes being out there, but you do have a book, an ebook. I do. Uh, that, that, uh, talk about that real quick. So it's only six bucks and it's about a 45 minute read. But if you are a parent or a single parent, it is a really holistic look at all the different aspects, at least I like to think they're the most important different aspects of being a good parent. And it's all about co-parenting because your children are so in automatic learning mode. They're the greatest recording machines ever made. So they remember your tone of voice, your facial expression, your body posture, and the circumstances in which you showed up. And so they're learning stuff that you're not even aware and you're teaching them. And so the book goes into that in some details. It also talks about the importance of planning, having a joint vision, making sure that you're well coordinated on your times and that you've got coverage for each other when coverage is needed because life is gonna happen and there's gonna be surprises. So the idea of thinking ahead, I was a project manager in research and development. I was always had plans. I had plans on top of plants in order to, with contingencies. It's very relevant to being a really healthy and powerful co-parent for your kids. So that's available. And the other thing that people can find is they can sign up for a, the initial consulting session is 30 plus minutes and it's free. I'm happy to meet people where they are and offer them a chance to get some coaching and to find out where they're at and what might be available for them. Some, some one-on-one -on -one time with the sensei. That's right. I love it. I love it. And Stacy, if folks want to help you, uh, you know, talk, provide for these families beyond the backpacks, uh, I want to, I, I want to, you know, I know you're going to stay on top of it, but I want to, I want to follow up and talk to the folks about this. Uh, if they want to help you provide computers and other badly needed resources to these families, uh, singleparentadvocate.org. Yep. Stacy, anything else to close the show? I just would let, really like to thank uh, you for joining us. Honestly, this is really, really deep work and good work. And I know that it will benefit um, so many people. And I think the only thing I'd, I'd, I'd like to close with is, you know, um, you guys go check this out. And if you don't check this out, I'm, I might be so bold to say, check something out. GregWheelerCoaching.com. Yes. Thank you. And, um, you know, be open to working on your soul. Um, I know I've done that work. 
It sounds like Daryl's in process. We don't know if his egg is cooked yet or not. I don't know if I could spend five days in a house with my ex-wife just yet. <laughs> I, and I need... I think we're always learning and growing and like, I don't think this is like a one and done type thing, right? You know, uh, Daryl, if you had said to me six years ago that I would do that, I would say, what are you smoking? I can't believe it. It's impossible. It will never happen. And and it did because I changed who I was and how I was showing up and it made a huge difference. Yeah. So there is hope. Yes. Always hope. So um, if anybody wants to, um, you know, if you ever want to ask questions about what this kind of therapy looks like, you know, we're just so excited to bring this to you and, um, you know, be brave and look inside and you might be surprised at the wonderful person you find. Now, about the computers, the clothes, and the, the tech that we really uh, want to provide, there's a few kids asking for uh, tablets, and then we have almost 200 requests for bicycles for Christmas. So these are all really big asks. Um, there's a lot that goes into organizing all the unique sizes and colors and needs. So the first thing we always ask for is volunteers. We really, whether you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area or you're somebody that can volunteer remote, please hop online and join our, our team. You know, we need lots of people who can help us find corporations who can help us gather these items for families. And then, um, then if, if you are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and you want to be feet on the street at some of our events, you know, we always need strong muscles and smart brains and big hearts to really keep us all going, both on the volunteer side and the family side. Mm-hmm. And then uh, thirdly, if, if, if you do have the funds and the heart uh, to donate, you will really be helping us a lot. Uh, most of all of the money we raise goes directly to the families, and, and certainly in this case with technology and uh, donations like that, the costs are going to be really high. Um, I, I have about 25 single moms and dads in college asking for book scholarships too. So um, donate if you can singleparentadvocate.org there's a little floating green donate button and uh, also a volunteer form to fill out if you would uh, be so great to help us next on the horizon is north texas giving day north texas giving day is going to be uh the fourth i'm sorry the third thursday in september september 23rd it's going to be all about giving here in dallas fort worth and so uh join us on north texas giving day you can donate um five dollars to twenty five dollars to a hundred however much you donate and we have a matching donor and so everything will be matched and uh, we'll put some of that money to work as well for these families so we hope that you join us i i just want to acknowledge stacy that the kind of work that you're doing is so beautiful and so helpful it's the kind of work that you have no idea how many lives you're going to touch. Because when you touch one of these children and these families, you change their identity for themselves. They will not be the same person going forward. And they're going to touch a thousand or 2000 people in their lives and they're going to influence their lives. So by giving and supporting this program, it's like throwing a pebble in a pond where those rings are going to go out and they're going to go out and they're going to touch everything all around the edges of the pond. 
And so it's really beautiful. I just want to acknowledge and support what it is that you guys are up to. Well, thank you very much, and uh, vice versa. I really feel like we, today's talk was incredible. Daryl, thank you for putting it all together. Um, we, we work on ourselves. And I'm once, just here for the comic relief. Oh, oh yeah? <laughs> I started to bring you a knock-knock joke today. Which one is it? Tell me. I don't know. I didn't bring it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My kids love knock-knock jokes. The one that all they're right. telling right now is, it's knock-knock, who's there? You're up, you're a poo. And then you go, no, you're a poo. My six-year-old loves that one. <laughs> okay. I'm going to bring a knock-knock joke next week. Well, we'll see which knock-knock uh, joke is everybody's favorite. All right. Good stuff. Well, folks, thank you for joining us as you do every week. Uh, we hope you have a wonderful afternoon or evening or morning, wherever the heck you are, whenever you're listening to us. We're going to catch you next time on the Single Parent Advocate Podcast. Bye, everybody. Blessings. Bye. Bye.